This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Review Show. I'm your host, Mike Scott, in for Chris Hamblin, who's benefiting from a bit of squad rotation and is currently getting some well-earned rest and relaxation down in sunny Crawley. I'm joined by a panel of Nick Gillard, Cy Pizzi and Tim Warren to discuss Palace's cruising to the fifth round of the FA Cup thanks to a convincing win against those irritating North Londoners, Spurs. We'll talk about it after this. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast. www.backofthenest.com And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we, um, we had a great win yesterday. So we'll get into that in a minute. But... First of all, uh, just a few notices, as we've been trying to get you to do recently, and a lot of you have very kindly done it, um, it would be great if you could leave us a lovely five-star review on whatever pod platform you're listening to this from. Uh, it helps spread <laughs> spread the word immensely. Uh, you know, if you're, not, if you're not listening on it via a, a podcast platform, you listen on the website, uh, feel free to tell a friend that kind of thing. Just spread the word. We'll do this for, for the love um you know it gets in the way of work and all that kind of stuff so any of that kind of love back to us would be very much appreciated also the website's going strong as we've said a few times now uh it's had its soft launch um we've got uh chewy at the moment who's doing a sterling job of putting up a ton of articles along with a team of various writers um we're putting new stuff up most days so make sure you check out backofthenest.com Okay, let's introduce my panel for today. We've got Nick Gillard, Cy Pizzi and Tim Warren. Nick, how are you? I'm alright. Seems weird to be on this one. I'm usually up at Love Sport, ain't I? So, yeah, it uh, seems strange doing a show from my lounge. Yeah, let, let, you, out, working from let home. you out the little box. Yeah, well, it's, and, and how was your weekend? Yeah, it was good. I made the decision not to go yesterday and was kicking myself at half time but when I was tucking into a roast dinner 20 minutes after it finished I was quite happy again so yeah it was nice to spend a day at home but it's weird watching a home match on the telly 
didn't like it at all. Yeah. Kept looking to see he was sitting where I sit. Yeah, I don't like that feeling either. Yeah, I don't like it. And they, they, was, was the drum going all the way through like it normally does? Yeah, pretty much. There were, yeah, yeah, no, because there were times it was turned down on the on the uh, old sound. You could near it. Well, that's the big club bias, isn't it? They've got Spurs fans away, so they stick all the microphones by the Spurs fans. Yeah, it was definitely going. There's usually more than one, I think, so... Yeah. Were they um were they better than not scout uh Grimsby fans, do you reckon? Who'd who'd win, Grimsby or Tottenham for the fans? Oh Grimsby hands down. Yeah, but then yeah. Spurs fans didn't have a great deal to cheer about, did they really? Uh, no, no no not at all. Uh and Sai, how are you doing? Yeah, good thanks. Uh, great great to be back on and it was actually quite nice to go to work today with a feeling of a win rather than a the usual sense of distraughtness at the Palace game so it was really yeah, feeling good at the minute Excellent that's what we like to hear and Tim how are you down in sunny Ashford Yeah well in Canterbury at the moment in time but um, yeah uh, it's been good for me because I've got a few Spurs fans on Facebook that give uh, give loads of stick for the whole season so it was nice uh, yesterday to to kind of have that uh, banter back at them. Um, and it's been good. It's always a good day at work when you've just had a, a great result. Probably feel better today than what, what you did, I think. Yeah, well, let's let's uh, let's quickly go over that for the benefit of listeners. I uh, I went to the game. I stood in A block in the singing section. We'll get onto that in a minute. Loved every minute. Took a Spurs band with me. She didn't have a ticket for the, uh, for the away end, so it's a bit naughty. Uh, turned out there was quite a few Spurs fans knocking around in the Homesdale, like on the sly. Bumped into a couple of others. Uh, went for a drink in the George to celebrate afterwards with them. They commiserated. I had a few drinks. Uh, overindulged a little bit. Uh, celebrated a bit too hard. And this morning, I was found on the A21 driving, puking into a Tesco bag. Uh, whilst uh, whilst making my way back down to Hastings. So... Yeah, didn't have the greatest start to the day, but it did mean I had a decent day yesterday. Um, started with the the HF's uh, pre-game uh, celebrations. They had that punk band down there, Captain Sensible from the Damned, doing a doing new rows. Nick, I, I think you must be gutted that you missed that, mustn't you? I was actually, but um, no, it's uh, things have come up, so it's like I, I wanted to go, but. Um, my son dropped a, I'm going to Auschwitz bombshell on us next week. And we had to get my passport and stuff. So I kind of uh, took disposable income away while we forked out 170 quid for that. These teenagers and their forward planning, I don't know. So, yeah, but I I've seen clips of it and it looks fantastic. So yeah. I'm a bit greed that I missed it. Yeah, we, what, He did glad all over, didn't he? They did do glad all over as well. Yeah, it was it was pretty special. Quite Quite different to probably visiting Auschwitz, I would have thought. Um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 interesting last minute ho- holiday choice that. Yeah, um, but yeah, they, yeah. They, they put on a they put on a really great show. So hats off to the HF again, um, and they were magnificent throughout. Thoroughly enjoyed being in the singing section. Um, I'm really hoping that I managed to make it in there next season because it's very enjoyable, as I'm sure anyone that was there yesterday will attest. Wait till you get to my age, mate. I couldn't be doing all that. <laughs> Really, I couldn't be jumping up. I can do it for a little bit and then I have to sit down again. Yeah. Yeah. When I go to a disco, I'm like, 30 seconds are brilliant. I've burnt out. 
it's it's you know well I, don't get old, mate. I mean i've got the the back problems that's probably a little bit why i was sick in the car today because uh mixing alcohol and painkillers is not good folks uh right so let's get on let's get on to the game so um we'll start with a question uh who who from the regular who from the non-regular starters impressed yesterday um you know how, how did how did we think it went with the uh with the players that he put in i thought he, he put in a mixed squad between um you know f- first team starters and and decent backups um yeah i mean h- how do you think that went i th- i thought it, there was a lot of despair before on social media before the kickoff when the lineup was announced and I, I thought it was a really strong lineup. Seeing Dan back in the team, which we all want him to get more game time. Seeing Wardy in there, who's always reliable. Kelly never lets you down. And then you had Mayer, who we all want to start more games, and then Coyote. I, I thought it was a really strong lineup, and it was great to see Connor in there. So I didn't get all that pre-game angst about Roy not playing his best team. I, I thought it was a pretty strong team. Don't know what, what the others thought about that. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, particularly the defence. I thought the defence was superb yesterday, and I thought Joe Ward in particular had a had a fantastic game at right back. I mean, the question being kind of who would get in the side at the moment. The problem is that all those that played so well yesterday are the ones that have got the better players, kind of you know, on form in the team at the moment. I mean, you probably wouldn't get rid of um, um, the bat two. Um, you know, so that kind of makes it hard for um, Kelly and um, and Scott Dan to get back in the side. And obviously, Joe Ward's got the hardest job, you know, of them all to get in ahead of Juan Bissaka. Um, But then, you know, the positive is is that it's proven yesterday that these players can come in, and hopefully, you know, Roy will trust them a bit more to do more of a job than what they've currently been doing. Definitely, and I, I really thought Connor was such a strength yesterday in terms of holding the ball up, bringing others into the game. He's fi- he finished the, he finished his goal well as well, you know, off the knee. But but it was a shame because Roy was suggesting at the end of the game that he wasn't quite sure whether or not he will be up to his old standard after a couple of years out. But from what I saw, I think he could definitely be pushing for a start next game. And I know IU's been taking it, but I definitely would we'll start with Connor. So yeah, I, sorry, I, I, I thoroughly agree. Uh, I think that the defence looked really solid. Um, and I certainly wasn't worried uh, before the kickoff when I saw the lineup. It looked as though we do you know, we do fine with that. We've seen Kelly do pretty well for a lot of this season when he's had to come in. And obviously Spurs put out a size no Eriksson. Uh, I think I heard he was ill, but apparently he might have just been rested. You know, so it was a good game for him to come in. Um, and they've certainly cemented the fact that we can play a totally different back four, and it still looks nearly as strong as, as our normal back four. Um, I thought it was interesting what you said about Wickham because I I thought he was decent in spurts but didn't affect the game perhaps as much as, as I would have liked him to. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fair point. I think he, he's probably still getting back up to that match, match sharpness. But I definitely think that he can, you think about it with Townsend and then Zaha alongside him. Because they both, I think they both, apart from Zaha at times, but I think, it's something better with a big man, big man in the middle, for sure. I mean, I, I had to be a bit of humble pie because I've been one of these people on Twitter screaming that we've got a really weak squad and we haven't got a good, you no know, squad depth and, and we look really shallow and and our first team eleven is good, but, our, but there's no one else there. And I had to take a step back yesterday and think actually I was probably wrong on that. And we did look like we got a good bit of squad depth, certainly in defence. Yeah, and I think having that focal point up front, it definitely made a difference early doors in the game. I mean, if you you know look at the first goal. 
it was actually Wickham that kind of started the move with the long punt up to him that kind of flicked it on and, um, you know, started the progress down the right-hand side. And and I think, like size kind of alluded to as well, it, it kind of brings out the best of Townsend when you've got someone else up front there. And I think Zaha as well. I don't think he's playing particularly badly. He's just not as effective with that end ball as he has been um, previously. So I think, you know, those two look more dangerous down the wings with uh, someone big up front. Well, we've got a comment from Vince Flynn, um, who's who's written in and said, how good was Joel Ward? That was a heroic performance by him. The whole back four and Jules just being Jules legendary. Um, yeah, let's, let's have a quick word about Joel Ward because I was really impressed. And, and what really impressed me particularly um, was his aerial ability. You know, there was a few balls looping bo- up into the box. He headed out really well. And then it was even a cross that, you know, started the goal from him. And one of the things that we levelled against him a lot last season, you know, calling him Kit Kat's hose and that kind of thing. I think that was Hambo's description. Um, was that he he his crosses were often pretty poor, but he looked he looked decent going forward when he had to, and he looked really solid. I thought he was awesome. I think I think it was Hambo called him Toblerone feet. I think that's the normal thing uh, he was calling. Especially sorry, the sorry, Toblerone feet, not Kit Kat. Sorry. That's it. No, but, but I tell you what, he was brilliant. I mean, he never lets you down. I mean, I, I am a bit of a bit of a massive Wardy fan ever since. And I've mentioned it a couple of times on the show before. He saved that um, header off the line against Watford in the playoff final. And I, I just, I just think he always gets in the last ditch challenges. He's never scared to stick his head where everyone else wouldn't. I mean, I think it was one point where he headed the ball away from. I don't know if it was Mora or it was um, Lorente, but he headed the ball literally off the feet of the attacking Spurs player. And I, I thought, Jesus is going to get a head kicked in there. But it, no, it was, he, he was really strong. And he does make the odd error, but he always seems to get back and sort of make that last-ditch challenge. So I was really impressed with him yesterday. Yeah, and, and you've got to say, for a man, he's got a, he's got a good-looking face. He's got a fine haircut. Yes. You know, so he's, he's thrown that into the mix there. You know, he's put it at risk. He can turn himself into Ian Dowie. Uh, <laughs> but, you know... He's, no, it was awesome. Nick? Yes. Um, I I remember ages and ages and ages ago when he first signed for us. He, he was playing in all sorts of positions, wasn't he? And uh, we never he never did get his own chant all those years ago. And I think it's about time that he did because he's, he's been a good servant. I mean, we talk about Speroni playing for a long time. I'm sure you'll get onto him later. But Joel Ward's been there for quite thick and thin really hasn't he he's stuck it out he's, he's decided to stay at Palace rather than go and play his trade elsewhere so good good loyal servant to the club he's well, really I mean, our most ever capped Premier League player I think he I think he officially is the most capped Premier League player we've ever had so he's just you know shows how long he's been with us and the contribution he's made pulling out stats that you're not sure about that's what I like to see um, what, what I would say is obviously he's in a position that you know, we've we've got Wan Bissaka, um, and he's he's not going to find his way uh, into the first team particularly often. But at this stage, I think if we do want to push on, we need to really have two players for almost every position. And Kelly and Wards, you just you know they're exactly the go-to second players that you'd want. Um, both really impressive. I thought um, Dan was uh, he, he marshaled the defence really well. We took the Sacco role, loads of pointing. He does seem to work well with Kelly. Um, you know, they, they, there was a couple of moments where um, it looked like there might have been a bit of problem with playing the offside trap and, and keeping keeping a line, but it certainly it wasn't from those three. It came over from the left. So, um, yeah, really well drilled, considering they haven't played very much together recently. Very impressive. Um, yeah, let's let's get on to Speroni as well because he's got he got the man of the match awards. Um, 
that double save, obviously, from, um, what's his name, in, in, in Kugu. Somebody correct me. Um, yeah, the, the double save um, was, was really impressive and another save towards the end from Lorente. Um, he made up for he made up for the Liverpool game, didn't he? Absolutely, he certainly did for me. I mean, he was he was confident. He was strong in that box. He was communicating with the back four. He had those sort of cat like reflexes that we all know him for. I thought he had a, re- a really really solid game and a, and a really positive game. I think everyone did, but yeah, he was he was definitely man of the match for me. Question is, does he does he start on Wednesday? That's the next question. I think I, I don't think he, there's anyone else really. I, I don't think you can risk it with the with a. Perry's starting. I think he's got to start the next game for me. Well, what's the situation with Guaita? Is it? Is, I know he was back in training. Is he? Is he going to be? If he's fit, I think we've probably got to go with him. But we shall see. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, good to see him back at Sellers. That was another reason I was gutted I didn't go. I bet he got a massive, massive reception. Um, go with Guaita if he's there. The other thing I needed to know was um, what's happening with Hennessy. Is he suspended for a bit until? His appeal, or is he allowed to carry on playing for now? Well, I, I'm not really sure. I'm very glad that he wasn't available for Spurs because I, I think uh, the the recent allegations uh, and the uh, traditional Spurs fan uh, <coughs> sort of uh, religious religious background might have made for a few jokes. So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad he wasn't around. I, I don't know what the the update on Hennessy is, um, but I hope it's Guaita or Spironi either way on Wednesday. But um, I'd argue that um, Spironi should play in the next round of the Cup. You know, if, we, if we're going to play weakened teams, then, well, not weakened, but a kind of second string, then why not continue with a with a winning team that's... Um, yeah, yeah. That's taken us that far forward. I don't see why not. And as as you said, we've got Doncaster away in the next round. That's a pretty annoying away trip. Um, so I, I assume it's a weekend. So hopefully I can make it. Uh, that's that's a long old drive. I think Terence will be uh, cursing his luck. But uh, at least we didn't get we didn't get Man United or Man City. I'm happy with that. Hopefully that should mean we can make the final eight. Yeah, I, re- I reckon we will do there. It's. Um... Yeah, that's another reason I'm kind of gutted I didn't go because if you're going to cup run, you you want to have gone to every game. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about Roy's attitude towards the cup. Um, I personally would say that him he's he's done he's put out a stronger squad as he could. You know, he's played Wilf and he's played Townsend in both games. Um, I, I think he he does feel like a, a cup run would help. Uh, he's a very traditional man, so I'm sure you know he, the FA Cup is 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 pretty close to his heart. Uh, I, I, I really can't fault him for the the starting eleven for either game, and then the fact he, you know he brought on Luca, he brought on Benteke. Um, I don't think he could have done a lot more, really. No, I think you're right. Uh, then I, I think probably actions speak louder than words. I mean, I was really disappointed with his pre and post match press conference in in his sort of comments around. Actually, he'd be more excited if that was a Premier League result, and the cup's not quite what it used to be. So he, he has sort of disappointed me with those sort of words. And I think Chris Sutton said on, I know that's a bad word, but he said on um, 606. Yeah, let's, he let's was, beat that out. Chris that's Chris it, yeah. <laughs> he he said he was more more of an angry and, and depressing person than him, the only person he knows. So, well, that's uh, not, that's categorically not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I have to say, I think actually on reflection for what you've said then, like, I think you're right. Actions speak louder than words. And he has picked the best probably team we, we, we could put out there. So I think hopefully secretly it's just reverse psychology and he wants to win it. That's, that's what I'm going for. 
Yeah, and we've got such a great chance now, haven't we? If we have, have we definitely got Doncaster away. Is that that wasn't Nick yeah, winding us up? We, we've got we've got Doncaster away, uh, and Brighton have got Derby at home. Fantastic. Uh, well, if if they get past West Brom, let's hope that they don't. But I mean, you know, it was like the time we beat Spurs before. We kind of had a bit of luck in the draw, didn't we? When we played uh, the likes of Reading and and Watford, no disrespect to them, and that's what you need sometimes just to progress those last stages. Um, you know, it'd be fantastic to get to the semis again, if not the final. Absolute disrespect towards Watford. Wash your mouth up. That's that's a ridiculous comment. But yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, you know, we've got to say that this season there's the a lot of the big teams have already gone out, so I think it's probably an easier path for 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 a lot of sides. But um, yeah, I mean Doncaster, you couldn't really hope for for a better draw than that, really. Even better, we've got United are playing Chelsea, so that'll knock out at least one of those big boys as well. So that's even. Even better for us, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm just looking at Tom. What Tom? Well done, Tom, on your new job. One of our old producers put in another chat. The last time I went to Doncaster away, we lost one nil to a deflected John Oster goal. So, just a bit of realism in there for us. Just take us back to the excellent when when the fans were real. Excellent, thanks, Tom. Thanks for that. I, I've the only game I've been to with Tom, we lost as well. So maybe he's a bad luck charm. Um, let's get on to. Um, one of the hot subjects that's been around the last few days, obviously because of the Dortmund rumours and that kind of thing. Um, Tim wanted to discuss um, whether Will's playing up to the expectations that we have of him at the moment. Uh, Tim, what what did you mean by that exactly? It's just when I've been at games, um, you can sort of feel the frustration at times um, when when it's not quite happening for Will at the moment. Um, for me personally, I think he's still he's still being he's still playing decent. He's still going on those mazy runs, but I, I personally think he's just trying a bit too hard. If that makes any sense, I think. Whereas at the start of the season and the end of last season, it was coming a bit more naturally for him, and things were just opening up all the time. He's just gone through that little patch at the moment where you know he can't get a goal for love nor money, and I just think there's been a couple of chances where he's kind of perhaps made the wrong decision in front of goal. Um, you know, rather than playing the easy ball, he's perhaps tried to to do something a bit too difficult, and it's it's just not coming off at the moment. But um, you know, the, the problem is sometimes with Paddy's fans, they kind of go either one end of the spectrum or the other, really, and he's either absolutely amazing or he's absolute, you know, dog crap. But that's just not true. I think he's just the good thing is I think is that other players around him are stepping up a bit more, like Townsend, and so. Maybe that's why he's looking not as good. But, you know, the good thing is we're not relying on him so much as we have done in the past. I've got to say, you must be the first person to have ever used the term dog crap on, on this pod, I would have thought. Um, that's not, I, I, usually, I usually refer to it as shit in that, in that situation. So, um, yeah, fair enough. I was enough. being polite. I was being yeah, polite. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so Nathan Jones has asked whether Wilf is trying to do too much. And I think that, that possibly touches on what you're saying. What I would say, if you take yesterday today as an example, and I mean, this has happened countless times this season and even more last season, um, Spurs went in with the plan to totally block off um, Wilf and they did they did a really decent job. I, I thought Foyth, however you say his name, the one that scored that annoying goal against us in the league, um, had, his, had his number for, for a certain amount of the game. But what it did do is it freed up that extra time, that extra space, um, for Andros and particularly for Max Meyer. Um, and so whilst it didn't look like Wilf was doing as much as perhaps he's done in the past, he was saturating up the Spurs players 
um, in such a way that it was giving space to the others. And that that is just as important as, you know, Benteke's hold-up play or, or, or anything like that. Totally agree with you there. Um, but look at look at the cross for Liverpool game that he put in for Townsend. He's, he's, yeah. You know, that was a sign of him doing a little bit less. He, he did have a few Balassi moments, but was that because there was nobody to kind of support him? Because we were playing very deep and it, we were playing like an away team, I thought, sort of looking for the break. And he, he was getting back quite a lot. How effective he was in defence, I don't know, but he was always getting back quite a bit. You c- I can't agree with any of that criticism of Zaha for me because whenever he's on the pitch, it takes away, a bit like when Balas was there as well, it takes away two or three of their players who um, need to focus on him and, and, and need to you know, make sure they're close to him. And that should free up, as DR says new, numerous times on the pods, it should free up other players to do um, their things and actually create more opportunities. And I think Townsend stepping up to the plate and doing that. But without Zaha on the team, I don't think I don't think we win yesterday because, as I said, he occupies the minds of the defenders in the midfield constantly, even if he's not on the ball. So I have to say, you know, for me, we, you, know, you can't take him out of the team. I, and I, I would say that, um, you know, I, I can't see Andros having the amount of the ball that he did, the amount of runs that he did um, without with being there. You know, if we'd have played Mayer on the left and, put Ayer in or something. So, yeah, I, I really think it did work. And um, it, it's the criticism. Hambo wanted us to bring up, um, he wanted to bring up the fact that people are saying that Wilf doesn't care and he wants out. Um, th- there's no way that that's the case. Um, you know, okay, he might go to Dortmund at the end of the season. Um, you know, he's always said that he was going to see what happens this season. Um, it, it doesn't mean it's going to affect in any way his performances now. You know, it, He's playing for the team, but also he's playing for himself. He knows that he he hasn't scored the goals this season. He's got a point to prove himself. If he's got a sixty million price tag, you know he he can't just disappear off the radar. You know he's he's not Özil. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. He, he'd be shooting himself in the foot. And so for people to say that, I think it, it's just not understanding what he brings to the game on days where he seems quiet. If you're just watching the highlights and he doesn't come up much because Andros is on there most of the time, it's not because he didn't do anything. It's because he's playing a subtler game. Um, and I find it just strange that, you know, he's one of the one of the finest servants that I can remember at the club. So to say that he, he doesn't care, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. I'm going to take Tim's dog crap reference and I'm going to raise him. I'm going to say that view on social media, that is horse shit. I've never heard anything so rubbish in my life as, as saying Zaha doesn't care or contribute or just look at the frustration on his face when things don't go well and his comments after Liverpool. For me, he's, he's one of the, he, actually out of an entire squad, I would say him and Jules are the two that care the most about Crystal Palace and the two that are longest serving and, and you know, with Joe Ward as well, who want to make a difference. I just well, cannot believe people think that. He cares too much sometimes. And, you know, that brings him the yellow cards and and the, the, the stroppy, you know, gesticulation with his arms and stuff. That is something you can level against him. I mean, on another note as well, um, I just think that at the moment, there's probably, there's no quite end product with Wilf. And I mean that he's doing all the good stuff, but, you know, he's not getting the assists. He's not getting the goals. And that's the difference between him and Townsend at the moment, where Townsend is getting the assists and he is getting the goals. And before that, people were criticising Townsend, saying he had no end product and were getting frustrated. Well, Townsend's kind of, like you say, he's got more space because of Zaha doing the other stuff, the dirty stuff, if you like. Um, and I think if if Wilf was creating a few more goals or, or scoring a one himself, we wouldn't be having this conversation anyway. That that um is, is a loss of form. I don't 
think that he doesn't care anymore. And he had a loss of form with, when Man United was sniffing around the first time. Do you remember? And he had a loss of form when his profile was raised and would he be picked for England or not? So I think the outside pressure gets to him a little bit. I really do. It's because it's happened two or three times now. Interesting There's point. A- there's a bit in the newspaper that I'm not going to mention the name because it's one of the things you shouldn't be reading in one of the newspapers. But actually, it's doing the rounds of social media and it's a piece by a chat called oh, the ex-player, Danny Higginbottom, saying that actually Zaha has mastered the tactical game this season. So as well as him being our talisman and being great at dribbling, and, and but actually, they're commenting on the positions he took against Nottingham, occupying specifically like Danny Trippier, uh, sorry, Kieran Trippier and David Sanchez throughout the game. So he's saying actually... The, the role that he played on the Spurs game was actually more important than he's done in many other games in previous seasons because he was occupying and he was floating around the spaces and giving Townsend and Patrick Van Arnhout more space. So I think people are starting to recognise that he's more tactically aware than he used to be. So I, I think he's only improving for me. Yeah, and it's worth saying as well that you only tend to pick that stuff up if you go and watch Palace live because you watch on TV, we've talked about it before, the camera naturally follows the ball and it follows whatever the producer um, is it the producer that decides where the cameras are going? Albert would, would kill me. It, it, I, I don't know. But it's whoever is in charge of, of the camera angles. It's them dictating what you're, what you're watching. So if people are watching on TV and say that he's not making an effort because he's not on screen all the time, you, you're missing exactly the point that's being made in that article. Um, and it is frustrating. Uh, if we go on to a comment from Stephen Barton. Thank you for writing us, Stephen. Um he said, hi, I know it's sacrilege to slate Wilf. Yes, it is. Um, as he's still our most skillful player. Yes, he is. But I think in terms of overall contribution to a game, Andros and Wambasaka, who do great work both going forward and in defence tracking back, have now overtaken him. What do you think? Personally, I don't really like sort of making those comparisons between players, especially when they play in different positions. Um, but I think the fact that we've got all three of them in in one team is 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 a great thing. Uh, you know, we might be losing two of them at the end of the season, but right now, you know, they all work together. Andros and Wilf work together nearly as well as you know Wilf used to work with Belassi. Um, they have a special love for each other. Clearly, you know, they're always the first to run and congratulate each other. So I think I think it's an interesting point. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure Wan Bissaka's value has skyrocketed recently, but um, I think you're possibly thinking like that because of the fact. Wambasaka is relatively new into the side, you know, still only 12 months. And Andros is having a purple patch. But, you know, he'll have a downtime as well. He'll go without scoring for a while. It's just the nature of football. Yeah, and also, like I touched on it before, but it's a good thing that other players are stepping up as well. Um, we have relied far too much on Wilf in the past. So, you know, we need these players to, to have their purple patches and, and, you know, do their bit for the team as well just like Van Arnholt has done in the past. Again, he's kind of gone a little bit off the radar at the moment. He's not been quite as effective, but he will come good again. Um, you know, I'm sure he will. And, you know, we'll be doing just fine then. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I think we discussed um, we discussed PVA um, either last pod or a couple of pods ago. You know, people were saying maybe um, he is having a bad time, but he's finding it harder than, than he did. Um, what I would say about the game... Yesterday, uh, I thought Schlupp was excellent cover for him in front. Um, and, you know, people have asked for a while now whether they could work together both on the left. Um, and it seems yesterday that they did work pretty well. Um, it brings us nicely onto Schlupp because we had we had some questions about him. Um, he's certainly, you know, he's had some stick recently. Um, you know, he's been the butt of a few jokes, mainly because 
Hodgson seemed to bring him on in situations where we didn't quite understand why. Um, Stephen Barton again has said, uh, Schlupp's a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. Uh, I think, he, yeah, you might be right there. He can play like a top quality Premier League player, making pivotal contributions and a non-league amateur giving the ball away needlessly all in the same game. How can how can that be? And does the good outweigh the bad? That's a, that's a classic Palace. As long as I've been going to Palace 40 years, we've had that. Moments of sublime brilliance followed by extreme ineptitude. You just, you just get used to it over time. But yeah, it is weird. And that's why he's not playing for Man United because he's not got the consistency, which is, which is a real shame because it, it's so blooming frustrating when you can see what a player can do. But on more than one occasion, he's, he's put us ahead in games or, or got us into games. Yeah, he he's still slated. It's a bit like you know. I don't think I don't think a lot of the time he knows what he's doing. You know, people used to level that at um, Balas all the time. Really, the defenders don't know what to do with him because he doesn't know what he's doing. And I think he's a bit like that. One of the things that surprises me a lot is yesterday he, he used his pace to get forward, and he is lightning quick. And he, but he doesn't use his pace, pace enough. I don't see him making those sprinting runs enough really with the ball. But you saw it yesterday. He is on the ball. He is probably one of our quickest players. But I'd like to see that some more. But I was again impressed with him a lot yesterday. I was going to bring up exactly the same point. He is he is really quick, and seeing him move forward, um, you know, that's another reason perhaps to have him left in midfield. Um, you know, he, he linked up well between PVA and between Wilf. He's exceptionally quick. I can only think that in the past Hodgson. Has, has made him play in such a way that he's had to play a more defensive role. Um, it was interesting yesterday because Kuate played very much the anchor role. Um, it's the first time I think he's been he's been in the side without Luca, um, and having having the one holding midfielder, the one the, the one sort of marshalling in front of defence, was more than enough against a, a, a fairly average Spurs side. Um, and hopefully that means that Hodgson might experiment more with that that kind of thing in future rather than having Kuate and Luca both sort of marshalling in front of defence which sometimes can be a little bit counterproductive and I know it was a freak season but how many Premier League winners do we have in our team and I yeah he is he's pretty much the only one so I think you can't take that away from him he did play in the Premier League winning team and I think he he, he can add value to us so I definitely I'm a fan of slapping the squad system I would be worried if he was our number one left winger or number one left of midfield. But I think actually as a squad rotational base, I think he's a good asset to have. I think that's where he kind of falls down a bit though, is his versatility um, kind of means he doesn't really play in one position for very often. You know, he can't sort of make that position his own and he's forever kind of switching around. And I think probably sometimes he doesn't even know where he's playing because he's like asked to move around so much. So, you know, in all fairness to him, he always slots in where we need him. Uh, whether that's coming off the bench or starting. But until he kind of nails down his own position, it's always going to be difficult. Yeah, I think that brings us really neatly onto a comment from Chris Cloak. Uh, thanks for getting in touch, Chris. Uh, he started it with, love your show, lads, and a big hello. That's always going to get you read out, isn't it? He says, what position do you think Schlupp is best for? Looking back at Connor's first goal, what Schlupp did was great. Beat a man, got a shot away. Yes, he gets a lot of stick. But where do you think he is most useful for? That's a very interesting question. Um, I'd personally, he gets the tag of a utility player, and I've called him that before. Um, personally, I, I probably would have him um, on the left of midfield, um, and probably as a backup player. Um, 
So I, I'm not sure I'd start him every day, um, every game. But, you know, he showed yesterday that, and he showed you know the goals that the goals that he scored recently as well. Um, he can do that kind of MacArthur role, the the late runs into the box. Um, it's a question of whether he he can track back and 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 do the work at the back. You know he's 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 done his defensive work as a defender before, uh, but I wonder if Hodgson has always trusted him um, when it comes to doing the sort of box to box play. Sorry, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think absolutely. I, th- I think it, it's, it is a bit of an enigma um, with him, and, and I, I, I don't know what best to say it. But, but I definitely think he's got got a place in in, in the squad. S- speaking of places in the squad, what what did you think of Max's performance on on the day? And did, did you think it was worth starting on Wednesday from what you saw of him? Because I wasn't there. Uh, he didn't seem so. He didn't seem all over the place for me enough. But just get your view on that. Well, I mean. Uh... Everyone comes with a bias, don't they? And I like the look of Max Meyer. And uh, I know that we uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't mention our competition, but uh, FYP was really interesting this week. Um, Andy Sells, that's his name, isn't it? The uh, the keeping coach that works closely with Julian um, said that he, he thought the issue was it's really impossible to know where he should play. Um, you know that that was pretty much Johnny Esther's downfall. Um, he he does some nice things. He looks great on the ball, um, but is he a number ten? Really, probably not. Um, you know, a, a false a false number ten, perhaps. Um, I really thought he he did well, and I find that he sort of binds together uh, the midfield with uh, attacks when when we're not on the when we're not on the counter attack, and we have to go for a slightly slower move. Um, his 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 balls forward and his drives forward kind of do a little bit what Loftus Cheek did very effectively at the end of last season. So he's he's moving the ball forward purposefully towards towards Wilf more than towards Andros. Um I, I personally would play him every game, but as we've discussed before, Hodgson doesn't seem to trust him enough uh going backwards to 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 want to play him all the time um uh, within a four. And that's that's frustrating. Um, even less so in a three because obviously he can only have the the, the one central midfielder. Um, I, I think he's sort of a juggling act to know what to do with him. My worry is that if he doesn't get too much game time, you know, we might see we might not see too much more of what we saw yesterday because I don't think he's going to want to stick around unless he's playing more often than not. I mean, I feel embarrassed to say it. I feel like I'm like Neil Warnock, but for me, I'd probably start Jimmy Mack over him, and that really worries me saying that because I should enjoy more cultured football. But I just—it's terrible, isn't it? But you like as a Palace fan seeing a player that runs box to box, as you said, and it's 100 percent energy and drive, and rather than that sort of skilled and sort of cultured and passing of the ball, but. Jimmy Max had a good season, so I just, just can't see him breaking in. As you say, I don't think he's going to hang around for long, is he, if he doesn't get regular football? So it might be a shame for us, really. Just just going back to, to Schlupp and comparing him with uh, Max Meyer, you know, if you had to pick out the two, I'd say which one's the biggest liability. And I, unfortunately, although Schlupp's getting the goals, um, mind you, Max got one last week, thanks to Wickham, um, I'd pick Max over, over Schlupp. Um, Jimmy Mack is just a ball of energy at the moment, isn't he? He's, he's going to get a few goals a season. You know, that's pretty much guaranteed, isn't it? With a player like him. And I, I think he's a kind of good rallying point for the team, almost almost looking at perhaps captain material if, if it wasn't for Luca there. 
That's a good point about starting um, Max over stuff. I 100% agree with you. Here's the question, though, because I thought on that back four, PVA looked the weakest yesterday. So the question is, who would you start, really, Schlappo or PVA? And, and that's more of a difficult one, I think, because PVA is not having the best of spells at the minute, I think. And I don't know about you, Mike, but I think he looked a bit of the one of the most weakest of the back four yesterday. Well, let's let's address both points. Um, it's interesting that you you don't you just sort of got a gut feeling that you don't you don't rate Maya, and I I, I sort of there's a lot of people that seem to have that. He, he's he's very divisive. You either seem to back him totally or you don't, um, and you you sort of think that he's he's not quite what we need. Um, in terms of him or MacArthur, well, I mean. MacArthur's not, he, he was getting back the last couple of games to doing those sort of late runs that he had been doing last season. But um, I feel like he'd been doing much more of the sort of pit bull role um, than than the sort of the more forward runs, you know, when he had that purple patch and he was scoring goals last season. The amount of times we said purple patch today, I apologise, listeners. Uh, we'll, we'll try and think of a different description. Um, but yeah, I, personally, you know, Jimmy Mack, he's probably comfortable with, with not playing every game. He's getting on. Um, I'd like to see them at, at least sort of playing 50-50 you know, games between the two. Um, when it comes to PVA, I think he's just having a, a little bit of a bad time at the moment. Um, I did the player ratings for back of the nest um, and I did I did mark him down a couple of points compared with the other defenders. He was he did play uh, a couple of people on side um, a couple of times by not keeping up the line that the other three were doing so well. Um, but, you know, you, you get that with him. It, but you also get a drive going forward that you don't necessarily get with anyone else. Um, I, I personally would, would carry on playing him. I, I, I think he's got an excellent place in the team. When he's on form, looks amazing, pops up with some goals now and again. Schlupp, Hodgson obviously backs him to just sort of slot in when he needs him. I don't see him turning into a left-back because I, I think he's pretty well covered already with in that position. Yeah, but, well, we've also got Bakary Sacco in the mix. I don't know how injured he is and how long it will be before he's, he's back and ready to, to play again. But, you know, he, he was playing on the left-hand side as well. So, a bit of competition there, perhaps. Yeah, well, let's let's get on to, let's get on to transfers. Obviously, Sacco's coming. We've covered Perry already. What anyone's ever talking about Perry, nobody knows anything about him. So I think we're slightly redundant until we see him maybe play for the under 23s and I and I skip work and go and watch it. Um, so <laughs> let, 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 let's get on to let's get on to Sacco. Um, very mixed reactions. I personally can't see the downside. I, I've got to get something straight as well. People were saying, why is he coming back? He's a horrible person, that kind of thing. When he originally signed for Palace. He signed on very good wages because he was on a free transfer. So his wages were quite inflated. So when they went to offer him a new contract, naturally they offered him a lower wage, um, bearing in mind he's a bit part player in the squad. Um, Naturally, he didn't take it because why would you take an enormous wage drop when you can try and go and get similar wages elsewhere? It backfired for him a little bit. He ended up not having a club for a little while. He's gone to West Brom, been injured. I actually spoke to a West Brom fan yesterday who was inexplicably at the game. and he said, oh, have him back. You know, we, we, he's done nothing for us. Um, you know, he's only played a couple of games. Um, but after a couple of drinks, he said, well, you know, he has been injured. We, we didn't really get to see that much of Bakary Sacco. Um, you know, Hodgson clearly liked him last season. He always spoke about him in his press conferences. 
Um, you know, always spoke very highly of him. And he did seem to just have a certain X factor when we needed it. A lazy dribble. We didn't even know what he was doing. You know, he's not that quick, but he manages to keep the ball like a magnet. Um, I can't see the downside. You know, we've, we've freed up wages with a few other players going off the books. We're terribly short on players anyway. Um, I think it's a, it's a no-brainer to get him back personally. I think he's good for the squad as well. He's got great, he's great mates with, with um, Mamadou, isn't he? He was posting, oh, earthquake. He was posting stuff on Twitter, uh, writing writing on uh, Sacco's dirty car, wasn't he? Saying clean this in French, I think. So, um, yeah, I think it, it will help the squad gel a bit as well. Yeah, I can't see the negative either. He is a great, great asset for the squad. And that left foot of his, I think just bring him on for that left foot, to be honest. That was a wonderful left foot. If you look at some of the finishing that he had for us last season, the season before, I think having him on the bench, we haven't got that many options really for, for those positions out wide or, or even centre forward. So if it's, if it's, I think someone said if it's either him or no one, we'll take him. So I'm, I think it's a good, it's a good signing for us. And I think you'll definitely chip him with a goal or two this season. Yeah, totally agree. It's just something different from the bench, like you said, Si. I think, you know, we do lack those attacking options at times. And he's just something a little bit different. He's known for scoring great goals. I can't really see, you know, what we've got to lose. Yeah. I, and we are getting towards the end of the transfer window. And we're getting to the stage where we'll grab anybody we can, I think. Well, I mean, let's let's just carry on with that. Let's go through the rumours. Um, Balassi... Uh, you know, I'd I'd love to see him back. Um, a lot of people think that he's over, he's past it. Um, after the injury, you know, he's not ripped up trees for for Villa. Um, I'd love to see him back. Just just imagine the thought of Townsend, Balassi, and Zaha. And I, you know, I could see them working all in the, the first eleven because Zaha obviously Hodgson plays him up front fairly often. Stick him up front. Balassi on the left. Suddenly, that means Schlupp's got even less choice about where he's going to play. Um, but he he would be an excellent loan signing for the rest of the season. See how he goes, and then if he's if he's decent, to me, he's one of those players that plays well in certain situations for certain clubs with certain people. Um, he obviously has an amazing bond with Wilf. I'd love to see him back. Um, I don't know, you know, Paris has said in the past that he's not that keen on getting ex players, but now he's got Sacco back. He might as well carry on and do it. I'd love to see him back personally. What about your thoughts, gents? I think I can't I can't disagree with you at all. I think my excitement levels would reach peak excitement if you had Townsend, Balas, Bentake and Zaha in the, yeah. in the same starting lineup. I mean, I don't know. I'd, to be honest, I'd be too excited to walk around. I mean, it'd just be an absolute amazing thing to see. I, I don't know whether or not it'll be able to yeah, happen. I don't know what his wage demands are and what Everton will want for the loan deal. I expect they'll want a bit of money because of what they paid out for him. But I think he's a great signing. Well, does anyone know why they've taken him back to Everton? Did, did that Villa end it or did um, he, he ask to go he, back? Uh, he pulled in a clause to uh, to end his loan early. So, um, you know, when I heard that, I thought, ooh, maybe that means mm-hmm. he's had something. Mm-hmm. Could be. But as somebody said earlier, we've got Schlapp who doesn't really know what he's doing but he does it. And to bring Balassi in again, who admitted himself, he didn't know what was going on. It just seemed to work for him. And the criticism is, it's true. It's, that's what I reckon anyway. And he's just not getting, he's talking to Aston Villa fan that I know, and also an Everton fan. They've both said he thinks he's in the Harlem Globetrotters, a kind of exhibition 
thing and he doesn't you know it's great entertainment and it was brilliant watching him and there's so much he's like mike was saying earlier about um wilf was that you people are only seeing the snippets on the telly so when you're on saturday am or soccer am or whatever that thing is on a saturday morning um he's on there on the highlights all the time wasn't he and how many times did he have an end product he scored a hat trick he got a few goals but i bet three quarters of them are crosses so i'm not going to get too overly excited I've heard you nick on love sport. You're you're a Balas hater though, so yeah. No, no, I, I think I think he's one of the best players I've ever seen at Sellers. It gave me so much pleasure to watch him. But I don't know what are we starting a blooming tribute act to our team of three seasons ago. Well, like like that tweet that went viral says Hodgson's getting the band back together, isn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> so the, the, one of the weirdest rumours that circulated yesterday and today: Dan to Fulham and Gary Cahill to us. Um, I've got to assume that's bollocks. Um, you know, um, Dan might have been a bit frustrated about, you know, he's, he probably knows he's right down the pecking order behind Tompkins. But uh, Gary Cahill? I mean, that's that's weird. That's not going to happen, is it? That would be ridiculous. I mean, I can't believe anyone would sanction that. I thought Dan played well yesterday. And, you know, what, what if Tompkins gets injured or if, or if Saka gets injured, which is hopefully not happening, but more than likely will happen between now and the end of the season, Dan will be straight in there. So... I, I definitely think that would be an awful decision. Cahill, it's absolute pony. Absolute pony. There you go. Um, James McCarthy from uh, from Everton's another rumour. Um, I'm not sure what grounding it's in. No, I don't want to get in too much into the, the, the realms of speculation. Um, you know, I, I don't know if any of you have any strong feelings on, J- on James McCarthy either way. Just the fact it'd be too confusing if we have a James McCarthy and a James McCarthy. I don't think we could do that. Yeah, get Alex I mean, McCarthy back. I, I don't know. Is he going to really improve the side? Um, I, I'm not sure that's where we're lacking at the moment, but, you know, um, we did need to beat the squad up a little bit. But, I mean, it, it seems to be the same players linked every transfer window. I'm sure James McCarthy's been linked with us for the last couple um, and not come yet. So, you know, not for me necessarily. More lazy journalism, yeah, probably. Um, Mark Drew's got in touch and said... Still need a ball to feet striker to mix it up going forwards. Um, I'm not sure that we're we're going to go with any more strikers. Um, you know, it's, it's clear that IU's not going back. Um, he managed to he managed to buy himself for six months by having that glorious period where he scored twice. Um, but you know, between Wickham and Ben Seke <laughs> and him, um, I, I think we're probably going to stick rather than twist. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see the opposite, really. I'd love to see a striker that, that runs on, you know, a Vardy-style striker. But um, I, th- I think we're leaving it pretty late. You know, if we if we could get Balassi on loan um, and, you know, play Wilf in that position, I'd be I'd be happy enough. Um, but clearly, Nick disagrees. Um, let's just get on to uh, a couple of things on social media. So, uh, Andros Townsend, I don't know if you saw this, gents, but... Um, he called out someone that had said to him, why didn't you celebrate after your goal? Um, said, you know, you've, you've played, you played 50 times for Spurs. It's not, it's not important. He corrected him and said, oh, you know, I've actually played 93 times for Spurs and they uh, had me from the ages of eight, eight to 24. Uh, I thought it was really classy from him, actually. Um, you know, his stock keeps going up. He, he keeps making it onto uh, 
onto all the highlights packages on all the big programs. And that, that was really classy, wasn't it, Tim? Yeah, totally. I just don't see what the issue is, really, if he celebrates or not. Um, at the end of the day, it was a penalty. And, you know, like you say, I think it shows a bit of class, really, um, rather than kind of running up to the Tottenham fans celebrating. You know, um, why make a big deal about it? It doesn't really matter. He got the goal. I mean, he didn't miss the penalty, did he? He, he tucked it away nicely. So, uh, to me, it's no issue at all. Rumour has it, he ran into the dressing room after the game and said, have some of that, you lot. And he just goaded them in privacy. Apparently, I don't well, know actually. That's, that's that's classy if that's true. I've got to say, watching it from from the Homesdale, I didn't even see. Um, so I can only presume that the person that uh, did watch was either very close or wasn't actually at the game. Um, you know, you only get to see those close ups when you're watching it on TV. Generally, um, I can't see an issue with it whatsoever. People have the right to um, to celebrate however they want. You know. They, he scored the goal, like he said. Um, I was a bit worried when he, he went up to take the penalty, but he slotted it nicely. Um, he missed he missed another sitter a little bit later on, um, which I was a little bit more frustrated about. Hit it straight at the keeper. Um, I felt like that, that, that would have been a, a really excellent way to, uh, to finish the game off early. Um, let's talk a little bit about Trippier because there's been some excellent excellent memes come on, on uh, onto Twitter today, um, you know, showing his anguish. Uh, do you think that it was it was the singing section p- putting him off? Do you think the ball rolling away put him off? It was this one of those situations where you knew he was going to miss before he kicked it? I, I think so. I think he had a shocking game and it, I can't see how he's keeping, if he is keeping one Bissaka out of the England team because on the basis of what I saw yesterday and what Spurs fans have been saying all season, he's having a shocker. I, I knew straight away when he put that ball down, he was going to miss or Spironi was going to save it. I wish Spironi had saved it. That would have just made the day for me if Spironi had managed to get a hand to it and tip it around the post. That would have been even better. But uh, I, maybe that singing section had an effect. The singing section looked absolutely awesome on TV yesterday. Just the, the whole, it, it clearly looked like it's, I mean, I know, it's caused um, disappointment for some people, but it clearly looked like it was reverberating around the whole of the Homesdale. You could just see it moving out. I, I think the whole thing looked really impressive yesterday, but hopefully that had an impact. But he, he, he had a shocker. He definitely had a shocker yesterday. It was such a bad penalty. I thought Spironi had saved it, to be honest. It looked like he got a hand to it and pushed it away. It was, um, you know, it'd gone so far wide in the end, but clearly it was just a really poorly taken penalty. Um, he just seems such a different player to what, who was in the World Cup. Um, you know, when we got to the to the final four. Those, those of us watching on the telly did see Julian point in the direction that um, the young man missed. But yeah, how's he keeping one percent out of the team out of England? I really don't know. And you, you could tell from his first three, it wasn't happening for Tottenham. That free kick that he took and he played the player in rather than having a shot that nobody was marking where where um, Jules made the double save. He's... Spurs were having a shocker all afternoon and I don't think they'd have scored if they were still playing now. But you know, I, think, I think you're right, Nick. And what was personified it for me is on the TV, it was really cruel because obviously for the Andros penalty, I don't know what the Spurs player, was it um, It was Walker's Peters, I don't know what he was doing. They just kept looking at his face every two seconds afterwards and you could see he was shaking his head in the anguish. He realised he'd just made an absolute howler. But the camera just kept focusing on him for the next 10 minutes to see him shake his head. But that, that, that mistake just personified their whole game. It was just it was just a real couple of bad decisions from Pochettino, which I'm not going to complain about. Well, I was hoping to get a Spurs fan on to, to chat about how poor they were. But um, 
I asked two, and they both told me politely to f off. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave. We'll leave analysing them there. Uh, we'll have a quick break, and we'll come back with a short um, a short look at the Southampton game that's happening this Wednesday. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast. www.backofthenest.com And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, yes, uh, we've got games flicking fast. We've got Southampton on Wednesday and then Fulham on Saturday. Uh, Terence and the team will be back with the preview proper on Thursday. It will be a lengthy one as well because they'll be discussing uh, the transfer window closing um, and there'll also be a little bit of a look back at the Southampton game. So we'll just briefly now um, look forward to it. Uh, go to the prediction league uh, that we've got running here at Back of the Nest. Um, for Southampton, um, we can see that Hambo's gone for a 2-1 win to Southampton. Ed, who is flying away with it, has gone for a 1-0 win for Palace, as is Mikey, the producer, this evening. Uh, I've gone for a 2-1 away win, as has Patrick O'Connor, uh, as has Sai, and as has Tim. So, great minds think alike. Um, do you, do you think uh, do you think he'll have to rest anyone, or we'll put out a pretty much full strength eleven on Wednesday? I think he'll go for the full team. Like I can't see him resting anyone. Um, it's a shame because I don't think many people will start. I think Kuyate might be on the shout starting, but I think it'll probably be Ayu back into the team for Wickham, and I think he'll he'll go for the, the strongest team with Tomkins and Sacco back in. I, I just don't know about the keeper. I don't, I don't know whether or not Guayat is fit, but if but if not, I definitely think it'll be Jules. So you're classing Jordan Ayew as being in our strongest eleven. You heard oh, it here I'm first, not, folks. No, 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 don't know. Definitely not. I definitely not. But Roy said he would have started, which is one of the things in the presser that I know I shouldn't listen to because it winds me up. But he said Roy said he would have started Ayew if it was the Premier League game, and that's why I'm glad it was a cup game to give Wickham an opportunity. So I can just see Roy slotting Jordan back in. I I think he's starting Ayew might be a mistake, but yeah. Probably right there that will do that, Si. Um, is, is, we've got to go for it, but Southampton's going to be a very, very tricky game. They've been been on a renaissance for a while, haven't they, under their new manager, his name I can't remember. So I don't think it's going to be Hoof an easy Houtel. game. Hoofen Houtel, I think it Hoof is. Hoofen Houtel, excellent. Yeah. Well done on the ball there. Um, but I, yeah, I think we'll play out a draw and I think we'll be happy with a draw as well. There will be Palace fans who think that, oh, we should be going there taking three points. It'll, it'll be nice, but I'm not that confident. 
Well, I'd like to see four points this week. Uh, I'd take a draw away at Southampton, and I'd like to see us beat Fulham. And uh, I think that would pretty much condemn them to relegation if they're not already condemned. Um, so I'd, I'd be happy with four points. Uh, a win would be a bonus. I think going 2-1 is, is fairly optimistic. Uh, yeah, as you say, Southampton have been on a bit of a roll. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a shame that we're meeting him right now because uh, there's been other times this season where they've been pretty dross. But also, they were in their absolutely worst periods earlier this season and they schooled us at Sellers, didn't they, with that 2-0 win, which I think was probably the worst game this season. So it could be that we, uh, we're the team to stop their, stop their run. Um, it's been discussed before. There's a lot of teams on 22 points. Um, I think if we're going to pull away the next couple of weeks is, is a good time to do it. I mean, we are, you're right, absolutely right, Mike. And we're suited to teams that are playing well. If you look at the games, we, we performed our best, City, Liverpool, away from home. We, we, we like to play on the count. That's our natural style, isn't it? And I think oh, 100%, Southampton playing in their, their prime at the minute will, will benefit us because we'll look to sit deep and hit them on the counter rather than what we had to do at our place where they were just dross and we couldn't break them down and then we were just you know, awful in the second half. So I think actually that, them playing well will actually help us, I reckon. Yeah, good point. You know, playing away and on the counter seems to be working for us at the moment. Uh, I all I can say about that game is I plan to drink a lot less for it uh, and not to puke into a Tesco bag whilst driving my car on Thursday morning. So let's wrap it up there. Um, we will be back tomorrow with the Love Sports Show. Nick, uh, who who's joining you at Love Sports tomorrow? I don't know. I'd imagine DR and possibly Chris if he can get away from work. But uh, yeah, it'll be Jake, uh, the presenter. And I think we'll be on the Facebook Live for some of it as well. Okay, great so stuff. Over there. And then, as I say, we're going to have a bumper preview show on Thursday incorporating Southampton Review, Transfer Window, uh, probably more of a reaction to the FA Cup draw, and then the preview for Fulham. So you can catch Terence and probably Hambo on that Thursday. That'll be in your inboxes late evening. We'll try and get Love Sport out before that as well. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for listening. Um, we have been at the Back of the Nest Review Pod. Uh, and enjoy yourselves. Uh, and let's hope for four or six points this week. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.